shorthanded breakaway. Zach Hyman for the lead. Shoots and scores. Ryan Nugent Hopkins, McDavid, left circle. Cross ice, one-timer score. This game is tied. Leon Dreisaitl. Edmonton's home for breaking news on your favorite teams. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Brought to you by James H. Brown and Associates. Alberta Injury Lawyers. The heavy hitters of injury law. Tip-off time for the Toronto Raptors. About three minutes left in the first quarter. Raptors leading Cleveland 18-15. Hockey tonight, three games in the NHL. Only one of them has started. The Panthers have jumped ahead of the Flyers 2-0. About six minutes left in the first period there. Still coming up, Jets at Avalanche. And the Blues will take on the Kraken. Baseball playoffs. Yankees and Houston scoreless after the first. And in the top of the eighth, San Diego leading Philadelphia. 8-5. We will keep you updated on those games. All right. A lot of live sports on 6.30, Chet, in the days to come. Tomorrow night, 5.30 face-off show. Game at 7. Oilers home to the Hurricanes. Friday night, last game of the season for the Elks. 6 o'clock countdown to kickoff. Game at 7.45 against the BC Lions. And it's a matinee on Saturday. 12.30 face-off show. Game at 2 as the Oilers take on the Blues. We'll have some comments from some uh, Oilers players and head coach Jay Woodcroft as we move along tonight. Also, I caught up with a local guy. I almost said local kid. He's not a kid anymore, but a local guy, Jordan Martinuk, who's been playing for the Hurricanes for the last few seasons. It was fun to chat with him. But we will drop the puck tonight, courtesy of Sentinel Storage. Shop Canadian, store Canadian. Head to sentinelstorage.ca. Former NHL goaltender, now a broadcaster with the NHL on Rogers and an Edmonton native. It is Kelly Rudy on the show. Kelly, how are you doing? I'm doing well, Reed. Although I sound a little funky, I uh, just full disclosure. People wonder if uh, what's going on, but I have COVID again, and so I'm uh, taking a little bit of a break this week. I won't be doing the Flames broadcasts uh, this week, nor will I be going back to Toronto this Saturday. I'll have to take some time off. All right. Well, hope you feel better soon, and thanks for still yeah. coming on Inside Sports. I know this will now probably be the highlight of your week for sure. So that's good. <laughs> well, it's better than what I'm going through, my friend. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, fair enough. But no, we, we wish you a, a quick recovery and hope you're feeling better and, uh, and back to all your TV responsibilities soon for sure. Hey, uh, I, I, I'm gonna. I, I, you know what? I, I sometimes you and I might say, "Hey, let's talk about this. Let's talk about this." I hope you don't mind. I just thought of something. Uh, sure. with with Martinuk being a, a, an area guy. And I, and I taped this interview earlier because I got okay. him after Hurricanes practice. So I did say, hey, how many people are coming to the game? Um, yeah. Like when you came to Edmonton as a visiting goaltender, did, like what was the process for arranging tickets? Would family and friends want tickets? Would they not want to come? Like <laughs> what was it like for yep. you coming through? That's Edmonton? a great question. And I, it, it may have changed. So uh, I may not be fully on board with, what uh, what's going on right now but i believe i'm not off by much the visiting team only gets uh, 50 tickets to purchase so no freebies um so you have to buy them and so the thing that is kind of important uh amongst your teammates everybody knows where everybody's from right what the close arena uh, proximity to where the the person grew up so if you for instance when we went to toronto 
Um, and because I'm from Edmonton, um, I would almost never uh, buy tickets for even people I knew in Toronto simply because that would be rude, right? Because uh, the players need uh, as many as those family tickets as possible. Now, when you get into the situation where, you know, a player may come to the city and needs 30 tickets, well, that that probably in most cities isn't likely. Uh, and so they, they have to find another route to get their tickets, whether they go through the, say you're in Carolina, they would have to maybe ask the PR people to contact the uh, Carolina Hurricanes uh, PR people to work out some sort of arrangement or buy a suite or something like that. So it's actually quite complicated. And uh, yes, I always had family and friends for every single game I ever played in Edmonton uh, and in Calgary also because my wife's from Medicine Hat. So I had those two cities where I needed usually every game's a little bit different, but eight to 10 tickets. And yes, I did buy them. Um, and that would be the normal. And then, you know, the thing that's uh, equally important um, is that you have a chance maybe 15, 20 minutes after the game to, to, to chat for 10 or 15 minutes. And that was always something I always looked forward to. Having said that, Reed, it's the oddest thing I always found <clears throat> when – here growing up, and I, I think a lot of players are in the same situation. So one of the greatest things I loved when I was growing up, my mom and dad, uh, and oftentimes my brother would come to the games as a kid, and uh, and that was great. And then I went to Medicine Hat to play junior, and now all of a sudden when they'd come watch me play in junior, I'd be more nervous. I don't know why. Like, just the location, I, you know, I'm not living with them anymore, but just the idea they've traveled now to come see me would make me nervous, and I get extremely nervous to play against the Oilers in Edmonton because of that same reason that I didn't want to embarrass my family or my friends. And it was an odd thing when, you know, you so-called reach the top of the mountain, and all of a sudden, just because your your family's in the building, now you're more nervous <laughs> for a normal game. It's I, I found it to be the oddest thing. Yeah. Well, thanks for sharing that. Uh, yeah, and that's some good behind-the-scenes look so, about how players may or may not get, get tickets uh, when they're rolling through their hometown. So we, well, I will it is get kind to... of funny, yes, because most people think players get freebies, right? And that just isn't the case. You know, there's no freebies. Uh, the only two, you only get two free tickets, and that's for home games. And after that, you buy everything. Yeah, uh, yeah. I think uh, I've I've found that too. I mean, I'm lucky in the media. Certainly, we get some things that are part mm-hmm. of our jobs. But uh, yes, if you want uh, a little bit extra or whatever, you're you're paying like a regular customer for sure, which I don't yeah. have a problem with. I mean, I, I, I no, of course not. You know, I don't expect uh, special treatment, and I realize teams are trying to make money. So yeah, that's how it goes. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Last night it went for the Oilers um, that they had a lot of shots, 48 of them. I mean, really, Kelly, They the final about 30 minutes of the game, Buffalo rarely touched the puck. Uh, as the third period wore on, it was around Buffalo's net a lot, and uh, Eric Comrie, in a battle of Edmonton board goaltenders, speaking yeah. of people playing in their home cities, he outdueled Stuart Skinner <laughs> to get the win. So, look, we, we know Comrie played great, uh, mm-hmm. but I, I'm wondering... You know, when a goaltender knows, and, and you would have been there and you would have had mm-hmm. teammates or, or foes that would have done this, when, when a goaltender knows he is in the process of stealing a game and then when he yep. does it, like, that's got to be a very, very u- unique feeling. You know, like, it, did, 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 did they, do you think he's thinking, like, I'm going to steal this thing. Like, I'm, I'm playing great. They're not beating me. 
Okay, there's a lot to that because at some point you know that your light's out and that uh, you are personally uh, impacting the game in a really positive way for your team. Like, There's no denying that. You, you go through the whole process. You look, uh, you sort of, you know, evaluate the game as it's going on, and you know you are a big part of it for your team. And that's very, very cool. I've always said that feeling is intoxicating because it's very rare in, in uh, most jobs where it's you're that impactful in the moment, you know. And so that's really cool to go through. I think that one of the first times I really felt uh, that because it was in such a key moment was the so-called Easter epic when uh, we were being outshot. So game seven versus the Capitals, and we were being outshot 24 to seven in the second period, and we're only down two to one. And it was, as you can imagine, in a game seven, there's a lot of pressure and, and all this kind of stuff. So I knew I had a big impact. I didn't know if, uh, I didn't know that we were going to come back and win in overtime, but uh, and that's a, one other thing there, Reed. When you know you're in the moment, you can never let your guard down and expect that the rest of the game is going to go that way. If you played amazing for 57 minutes and you know it and everybody in the building knows it, um, it could all go south in three minutes. And so that's the really, really important thing. You're not guaranteed to stop the next four shots or five shots simply because the first 56 or 57 minutes have gone great. The only time it was ever guaranteed is when the final buzzer went. And that's mm-hmm. the one thing about it. And I, I remember hearing Mark Messi talk about something similar that, you know, it, you know when you're having that impact, but it's not a guarantee that you're going to finish off the game uh, on a high note. And so it's up to you to remain uh, focused for sure. Yeah, well, and the the Sabres bench was uh, really, I mean, I know teams always are happy when they win, but the, the, I, I noticed it stood out to me how elated the Sabres yeah. bench was when they yeah. got the empty net goal and then the buzzer went uh, that, that Comrie got the, the big win in his hometown. Okay, so the Oilers are one and two. You know, the expectations were high. Um, I, I, you know, hey, it's a, it's a hockey-mad market. I, I think there's yep. maybe a little bit of concerns. We'll see how it goes. They overcame a really bad stretch last year to be a playoff team. Uh, and, and I referenced last night, uh, I mean, we, mm-hmm. we're going to nitpick about a couple plays later on. Woody talked about some stuff today. But like I said, they pretty much had the puck for the final 30 minutes of the game. But uh, you've seen them play. What is your early take here? Like, are there issues that you see that that should need that need to get ironed out sooner rather than later? I think the danger is when you look at their record and with all those expectations, and then you start to nitpick. They've only played three games. I like overall. Uh, I like their game. I don't think they should be one and two. I think that they should have a better record than that. Um, I, I think that uh, overall. They're they're trending in the right direction. They're going to be just fine. They're they're just too good. Um, all the situation, all the positions are too good, and you know every year is a little bit different, and that's the interesting thing about it. So they had they go to the conference finals last year. You have all these expectations. You get a fantastic goalie in Jack Campbell, um, and and all of a sudden you don't have the start that you want. And there might be many reasons behind it that the coaching staff would be sort of evaluating. And the reason I bring that up is Al Arbor, we had him on our Sirius Satellite radio show many years ago, and uh, I asked him about evaluating each player 
um, when the season started. And, and interestingly, he never shared this with me when he was my coach, but only uh, after we were both out of the league. And he said, you know, Kelly, for the first three months of every single season, and that's that includes seasons in which they just won the Stanley Cup, I evaluated every single player to see where they were mentally and physically. Because, And he said, that's everybody. That's Dennis Potvin, Brian Trache, Mike Bossy, all these great, great players because – I don't know how they're coming back to the season after an off season where they, you know, enjoyed themselves and all that. So I found that pretty interesting. And that might be what Jay Woodcroft and the team are still trying to look at and see where everybody's at and, you know, everybody's commitment level, but overall 100%, I say that that team's going to be just fine. Yeah. Okay. Hey, uh, before I let you go, Hurricanes tomorrow, I mean, they've become kind of a fun team to watch in recent years. Uh, you know, several playoff appearances in a row. They're, they're still trying to go a little deeper and get back to the Stanley Cup final. Uh, Rod Brindamore has been given a lot of credit for the work he's done there as head coach. By the way, uh, I, I went in the scrum today and I can verify he, he does indeed look like he can still play. Uh, he doesn't. Uh, he, he looks like he looks like one of the players when it comes to his his physique and everything. Yep. <laughs> uh, but some overlap with with you, with you and Brenda Moore in in your careers. And um, I mean, he was over twenty goals almost every year. He he was an outstanding mm-hmm. player. Uh, any any memories or any stories stand out for you about Brenda Moore? In fact, <clears throat> my favorite memories would be just at the. Uh, most recent all-star weekend now i wasn't there uh we were we had our panel in toronto but uh we did an interview with rod and i remember saying and i just remember uh looking at him he was looking right at the camera when i said this and i said something you like you know rod i had a lot of great coaches in my life but you of all the people that i've ever heard um, whether it's a pregame speech or postgame speech, um, I, I just wish I could have played for you because you're, you're so inspiring, right? Like his his messages to his players. I remember, you know, when David Ayers uh, won that game for Carolina. I remember the one where uh, the guys uh, sang happy birthday to his dad. And, you know, just there's so many things you can find on the internet about his speeches. And that is so inspiring. And I just remember his face, it just lit up because, you know, I don't, you know, it's, he, he's so authentic that, you know, it's not fake and, and you can't, uh, you can't uh, duplicate that. And that's what players love that if you're just real and you care about the players, they will do a lot for you. So that's my favorite story with Rod. Yeah, that is a great story. And, uh, yeah, uh, I mean, like I said, uh, since he became the head coach, there are four straight playoff appearances, and they've started 3-0 and this season. Kelly, I know to make the NHL and stay in the NHL as long as you did, yeah. you had to show an incredible amount of toughness. But quite frankly, I think beyond inside sports with COVID, this is the <laughs> gutsiest performance of your career. I appreciate that. I don't have much of a comment after that one, but I'll take the. I'll as long as I made you laugh, that's good. Friend. Right on. All right, thanks, bud. Kelly. I'll that is you, pal. Kelly Rudy, our weekly guest here on Inside Sports. I think you could hear he's a little uh, under the weather, but he, he told me this afternoon, he's like, no, I'm still coming on. We'll be good. And that was another fun segment with Kelly, courtesy Sentinel Storage, Shop Canadian, Store Canadian. Head to sentinelstorage.ca. All right, so uh, here's the deal. We're going to dive into some uh, Oilers stuff as we move along tonight. And as I mentioned, I got that interview with Jordan Martinuk 
of the Carolina Hurricanes. I am happy to hear from you, 780-496-0063. The good old hotline brought to you by CertainTeed, the pro's choice for roofing, siding, drywall, insulation, and ceiling systems. CertainTeed, pro all the way. You can follow me on Twitter, at Reed Wilkins, R-E-I-D-W-I-L-K-I-N-S. And you can email the show, Inside Sports at 630Ched. Dot com. I did get an email tonight, and I want to get to the bottom of it as we – well, I'll get to it after the break because I'm, I'm not totally sure what it meant. Maybe Kellen will help me. And, of course, uh, anything you want to say about the – they are 1-2. and two. Hey, it'd be great if they were 3-0, and 2-1, oh, 2-1, and 2-0-1, oh, whatever. They aren't. You know, I think there have been some issues in their game. Um, hey, what do you see? Are you worried? Are you panicking? Are you worried it's going to be a one and five homestand? It could be. They got some pretty good teams coming through. Or uh, the other end of the spectrum, are you awake me for the playoffs person? Are you thinking that they're going to be there? Just get in, and then I'll really engage once they get into the postseason. 780-496-0063. It's Inside Sports on Chad. <laughs> is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Edmonton Sports Leader. 630 okay. Raptors leading Cleveland 41-39. They are halfway through the second quarter. First game of the season for the Raptors. We'll give you the uh, baseball scores and the NHL scores after the 630 news. So the Big L, who has been a frequent listener and contributor to the show in, in the form of uh, humorous text messages and or emails, has emailed me tonight, inside sports at 630ched.com. And he says this about Kelly Rudy. I realize he doesn't feel well, so he'd say no tonight, but ask Kelly if he would accept if he was asked to go on hot ones. Now, when Big Al first yielded me that, Kellen, I was like, okay, is hot ones something perhaps a little spicy in terms of. Um, you know, maybe being a little R-rated or beyond. No, but it turns it's out spicy. Literally, it's all not right. So, is Hot Ones the show? <laughs> is, is that the show? And I, I have not seen this show, but I, I, I quickly uh, hmm. googled it and I asked you about it. So I, I think we have a we we know about it, though neither one of us is an expert. Is Hot Ones the show in which they make people answer trivia questions while eating incredibly hot? Chicken wings. Uh, yes, it's uh, it's a show that's basically anywhere. You can Google it, and it, it pops up, and you know it's on TV, it's on the internet, everywhere. Um, but yeah, that's basically the basic uh, premise of it: is they'll have a celebrity or a sports figure or a prominent figure of some sort um, in the hot seat, and they will eat uh, hot wings. And experiment so, with different – and showcase different hot wings from different right. creators and that stuff. And all right, so this is what it. passes so. for entertainment now. So we're basically at making people answer trivia questions while torturing them. That's the premise of the show. It's like, hey, sit on this chair of nails and see how many trivia questions you can answer. I, That's the premise of the show. I think we jumped the shark at Fear Factory. And, and, and I honestly some people think that. say inside sports is stupid. At least we're not making people eat hot wings and suffer that way while listening to the show. All and right. do an interview well, at the same there time. We go. <laughs> Kelly likes food. I don't know if he would have gone on hot ones. But uh, Big L, I always appreciate getting your messages. You are a uh, handsome and intelligent man for sure. Well, you know who I met last week? You know, remember Norman a Combine? Yes. Well, not remember. I mean, he's still he's, he's still out there. Uh, he also uh, interacts with us frequently on the show. 
His son wanted a picture in Studio 99. Oh, cool. That was, that was quite nice. Yes, I met Norman of Combine's offspring. They're, they're little combines. They're just lawn tractors. 